Hey guys, welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Service Without Excuses podcast. Tonight we're going to talk about my background in the music business and how it applies to today and some of how it applies to a service business and the competitive nature of the service business. Um, one of the things I like to really uh, talk about is music business was the ultimate teacher for me. It taught me marketing. I didn't even know it taught me marketing. It taught me uh, you know, teamwork within a, within a setting of working with other musicians and both in the studio and live. And it, it taught me many lessons. And the hustle was probably no greater than that when it came to um, growing the, uh, the band and, you know, having, having, you know, innovative ways, if you want to call it back then. You didn't have social media. You didn't have anything like that in order to grow your, uh, your, your, your brand, your band, whatever you want to call it. So you didn't have all those variables. You had to do it old school. Old school for me and for many of my friends was very simple. Flyers and records and recordings and trying to do recordings on cassettes to hand out, demos, things like that. And just, you know, constantly pounding on friends, calling friends to come out. That really hasn't changed, by the way, uh, for the most part. It's just changed when it comes to the media, so to speak, and what form of media you use to to get that out there. But what I want to talk about, and this one's a little bit shorter in episode number 10, is the lessons I've learned from 30 years as a musician, uh, both professionally as an amateur. I did it professionally at one point in time. I still do it technically professional. I still play actively with the band every weekend. You may not see that when you see me, but if you saw me play, I'm a little bit of a different character when it comes to that. So um, I wrote down some notes here to discuss this. We all know there are some very tough and fickle businesses to start and even harder to turn a profit in. When the terrain is rough and unforgiving, with little thought for your feelings, ain't that the truth, with all the difficulties with the restaurant industry and retail operations, I could think of nothing more difficult than the music business. But with the pressure of hitting on target every time comes a refined diamond, if built correctly. Today we discuss both sides, the good, the bad, and the opportunities to grow. And that is a pressure-driven business, as a lot of businesses are. But the music business is about as fickle and as um, difficult to make something in as I've ever seen. Um, trends change um, from your consumer buying trends. And, of course, how its position changes that and how it, you know the form of media that's out there uh, dictates what seems to work, um, what seems to be. They try to stay ahead of the trends and then promote accordingly and market accordingly in order to build something up. Um, it's, it's, it's extremely important that uh, we understand that the grassroots things of that made made innovation a key crucial component to music business marketing. Um, today, the music business has changed a lot. Years and years ago, it was really based for the most part on image and talent. Image and talent was two different things. Now, you might say, well, it's today it's image and talent too. Not as much, and it's a different type of talent. That doesn't mean the musicians are going out playing today are any less talented. In fact, for the most part, they are more talented because they've had the ability to learn from musicians of the past and players of the past and singers of the past and, you know, following them both online through YouTube and through uh, live performances. They've learned to actually play their instruments better than ever. Um, very similar to the sporting world. Uh, a lot of uh, professional football players and basketball players are actually better now than anything that has been in the past, with rare exceptions. There isn't too many Larry Birds out there, but um, they are generally better players because they've learned from the past. They've studied plays. They've studied a system. They've studied structures. They've studied it. So 
the musicians today can be just as good, uh, may not have quite as much feeling because it's been so digitized, it's been so um, analytical, if you want to call it, versus the uh, just learning it from feel and emotion. It's almost become more of a um, uh, straight learning lesson, like you're going into a lesson learning how to master your playing ability, and then that's it. So it lacks a little bit of, I'll just call it soul, comparison to what it was years ago. You had to grind a lot differently. Um, you had to grind, in my opinion, a lot harder in order to make that grow. And it was a uh, it was a different world. But there were tremendous differences but tremendous similarities between today and that. You market a business today, both online and offline, more online now today than offline um, for service-based businesses, again, for what we do. But the music business is no different. They promote themselves online. There isn't a whole lot of offline grassroots marketing, you know, postcards and, and flyers. And those days are long gone uh, by messages and tweets and, and Snapchat videos and, and all the different forms of media we have today that make that opportunity even great for both sides, both a service-based business that most of us have and as a musician. Um the mission of this podcast is to try and understand that the pressure and unforgiving terrain of the music industry and why some succeed and some fail. So the probably the biggest artist right now in the world, if you were to take it across the board, not not little trends and little bits here and there, we use Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is a fellow Pennsylvanian. Um, she's, she grew up outside of Reading, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour from where I grew up in a very uh, upscale community um, called Why I'm Missing. And... Um, they knew she had talent as a young child, and of course, she's a, almost a child star when it comes down to it. She had the ability, but Tyler, or Taylor is a, I don't know if I could call her a master business person, but I'm going to call her master, master business woman. And the reason for that is she knew how to get into her target market, which was her fans, hearts and minds more than just about any other musician in history, except for maybe some fads. I mean, she is almost, and I'll get criticized for this, almost Elvis-like, just a different generation. Taylor Swift has a massive amount of fans, but Taylor has found a way to connect with her fans more than just about anybody probably in history. Um, and I don't care if you like her music or don't like her music, it's the reality of what she's been able to produce, what she's been able to sell, what she's been able to grow and maintain. That's the big thing here. She didn't just come in and get out. She came in when a lot of the pop princesses were coming together. And of course, her first shot was in country and then she changed it. She was country for a while and then went into pop music and then started writing songs, um, you know, about her experiences and her visions onto it. And again, whether you like the songs or not is irrelevant. It seemed to communicate with her market. She knew exactly who the people were that she was trying to market to. She knew exactly what to say to those fans, when to say it to them, and how to master that message, more importantly. I think with your business, you can learn a lot from an artist like Taylor Swift. It doesn't seem like that would be a great business lesson, but you would you would uh, be sorely mistaken not to take that as a business lesson. She is a very successful entrepreneur, very successful musician, very successful financially, um, and that's a business, my friends, no matter what. It's a huge business, and a, again, a very tough business. But what's kept her longevity going, what's kept her in relevant today versus other
what her fan base seems to want to hear. She writes um, lyrics that are, you know, some would call them possibly whiny or whatever, but she writes it to a fan base that is wants to hear the message she has. She knows the market. Um, so... And um, going off the track a little bit here. And what I did is I got three different odors. I got a cucumber melon. I got a spice odor. I think I got a lemon. And I got a laundry linen type odor. All high-end odor counteractants, not just, you know, little um, quick-smelling deodorizers. These things actually ate away at odors in the carpet. They're very effective, and they were a little bit expensive. But I tried it, and I did a test in molt in a female clients than male because men don't really care if it smells good we just don't guys but women generally do so I took it and I tried um, all of these different scents to see what it is and then I got the feedback and um, resoundingly out of all of them by far um, was two different odors in the summertime it was a cucumber melon spring and summer in the fall it was a spice Obviously, because you have this mental picture, or our clients had the mental picture in the background of fall and winter, a spice smell because of the smells you probably had growing up in your house and um, the type of candles you would usually burn that time of the year, possibly. Um, but they wanted that cucumber melon smell for the summer. Now, of course, linen smells smell good, lemon smells smell good, but there was no comparison. These two particular um odor counteractants that we used to deodorize with just blew away. I'm talking 10 to 1, both of them. In fact, I think cucumber melon was the best, just followed by spice by one or two votes. It was, it was really, really close. My reason for saying this is I found by doing research and getting the feedback from my clients, as Taylor Swift does with her fans in a whole different level, what her fans wanted to hear. And I needed to know what I was going to be able to sell to my customers and what they wanted to buy. Two reasons. I want to know what they liked the most. And I also didn't want to carry a bunch of inventory that I didn't need to carry. There was no real reason for me to carry a bunch of extra deodorizers and have eight or ten different selections when they really only cared about one or two. And ultimately, they probably could have dealt with one, but I didn't want to put an option on the table. Some people don't like one or the other. Maybe they don't like spice and they don't like cucumber melon. So I wanted to make sure we had two different odors on there, you know, op options. Now, I didn't even think of the correlation between Taylor Swift, but it's the same thing. She's writing songs for her fan base, and I'm offering a product. That's a lesson you can learn from the music business is make sure you figure out what your fans, your customers, or clients are looking for and what you're able to give and offer to them. Um, it's, it's really um, crucial. And the big thing is... You don't stick to your guns. As musicians, especially, we'll call myself an old school musician that grew up and started playing in the 80s and 90s, okay? Um, we tend to get fickle about what we're going to play. I'm a cover musician. I've been a cover musician most of my life, with exception for studio work or something else that was something private. But I've predominantly, for the most of my musical career, if you want to say, have played cover songs, now, the thing I learned a long time ago was never to get married to a certain style, a certain way, um, because the market changes. People want to hear something different. Um, 
in New Jersey, we have a cover band called the Nerds, and the Nerds are legendary, probably the biggest cover band, most popular cover band in the entire country. Um, they've been doing it for 30 years. They've been doing it better than just about anybody else. Um, they're incredible, and they're incredible live show. And again, these guys are not young. They're probably close to thinking about their retirement at this point. They've been doing it 30 years, all right? They're excellent, and they're great guys to boot. They will go from a Led Zeppelin song to a Metallica song to a Lady Gaga song to a rap song. All right. Now they are a rock band. They're rock musicians. They're real honest to God, can play their instruments very, very well. And they come from that old school. But what made the nerds different than other cover bands, myself included, is they never sat there and said, we can only play one thing. We have to play what our audience wants to hear. They don't expect us to play Lady Gaga or Method Man or Wu-Tang Clan and Black Sabbath. They don't expect that, but it'll catch them off the guard because they're not expecting that because we are an entertainment band. And the nerds, obviously, they put the whole, they have the whole nerd theme to what they're doing, and it works very well. It's tremendous position. They are a brand. They are a business. They're a corporation, essentially. Um, not essentially. They are a corporation. And they've been able to diversify themselves over the years by not worrying about what other musicians said about them. Oh, they they play this. They should play what they originally played when in the 80s when they really got themselves going. They sold out as it goes. Yeah, you're right. They did. They sold out. I think they sold a few major clubs in New York out. I believe they sold out an arena before. Um, they sold out. You're absolutely right. And they banked on it. And um, they didn't care, and they didn't really apologize for it. They shouldn't apologize for it because they found out what their fan base, instead of worrying about it being a purist, we can only play this style of music because this is what we like, they realized one day, oh, shit, it is, doesn't matter what I like. It matters what the customers like. It matters what our fans like. And if we don't diversify and follow what our customers or what our fans want, we'll be gone. We'll be a thing of the past. Gimmick or not, we'll be gone. Because if we're not giving them what they're asking us to do, we become a distant memory. And that's the reality of it. So the music business being as fickle as it is and as cutthroat and tough as it is, it also can teach you some tremendous valuable lessons in the growth of your business. Tremendous valuable lessons in order to get you to a different level is understand that you can't be closed-minded. You can't be a purist. You can't be a person that has to have it your way because that's all you want to do. If you're that way, play in your garage. Play $300 a night shows for the rest of your life and be your purist. And if that makes you happy, no harm intended. That's no different than an owner-operator that goes out and says, I don't want any employees. I don't want any people. To me, it's nothing but grief. I want to go out, do my one or two jobs a day, come home, rest my bones, and get up the next day and do it. And on the weekends, I want off to do whatever I want to do with it. And maybe I'll diversify into some investments. I'll diversify in real estate, whatever. Awesome. Nothing wrong with that. That's what you want to do. But if you want to grow your enterprise and scale your business, as the term goes, I know a lot of marketing people say scale. Scale is really about growth of a business. And some of these entrepreneurs and marketers have scaled their business. Most, I could tell you, have not. Scale really comes from an actual infrastructure of business, whether that business is a brick-and-mortar business, a service business. Scaling a business is taking and duplicating your process, your system, whatever you have in place, and growing it at a measurable level, hence climbing to scale. Okay, So 
it's important if you want to scale your business to be open to the opportunities that are out there and not be closed-minded or your eyes wide shut, so to speak, to um, the opportunity to make that difference, the opportunity to change people's reactions, to follow what the customer's demands are, to follow what the fans demand from you. Fans and customers, my friends, are the same people. Loyal fans are clients. Fairweather fans are customers. That's the best analogy I can think of it. If they come out and see you all the time, they are your clients, just like your regular clients in your house. So don't be stuck in the mud that this has to be this way. Don't insist that it's been working for me for 20, 30 years. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I do agree to a certain analogy that, but you also don't want to be the last horse on the street when everybody is cleared town because it's just you and the horse and nothing else to do and nobody to do business with and nobody to grow with. You'll be gone. So don't assume that you've been doing something for 30 years, playing the same music for 30 years, that that's going to get you somewhere. It's not. The music business teaches you the lesson that if you don't change and diversify, if you don't change your portfolio, if you don't change your look, your image, the positioning you have out there, you're gone. Again, it's the fastest teacher you can ever think of. Our band plays to a certain demographic. And our demographic is not always in the 20s. It's usually the 30 to 55 range. We play what some would consider classic rock, but we put a modern twist onto it, a little bit of a harder edge to it. But we do a lot of, uh, you know, one song to the other. And we, we do a lot of, we've put a lot of showmanship behind it because all of us are, you know, relatively seasoned players. We've all done it. We've done studio work. We've done session work. We've backed up some majors before. Everybody in the band has done that. But our market is not... 25 year olds it's not 22 year olds not that we don't appreciate them and we just played to them this past weekend and they loved it because they probably were songs they maybe heard as a kid or they just liked them and they were danceable and they thought well cool i'm drunk (laughs) i'm good whatever that happens to be but that's not our market we know going into it our market is a little bit more seasoned has been around it can actually remember most of those songs um Maybe they are people that go out to car shows. Uh, they are into the biking. Uh, they are Harley riders. We we know that our primary market is a lot of that. That doesn't mean we play a lot of biker uh, songs, but we do cater to a lot of that market. And that's a great market. In fact, it's an amazing market because it's the people that are in that market can spend uh, to have you at a private party where a 22-year-old probably can't unless they're borrowing somebody's credit card, which could get sticky if you really think about it. But they have the income to hire us, and that's why we do a lot of private work as well as club work. But we are growing very fast when it comes to private work because we offer a very good package at a moderate price point. Kind of sounds like my business a little bit. Over-deliver on the package, moderate price point, fully professional, show up to a show, big song selection, over 100 songs. Um, it's a great product. It is a business. It's a part-time business. That we have, and I really do it because I love it, not for anything else. Yes, we do make a few bucks doing it, but the money's pretty much novice in comparison to the um, the fun that we have. And it, when it's not fun, you don't do it anymore. But that we market to people that we know want to hear us. If we're playing a food truck festival, we have a variety. We do a lot of food truck festivals, a lot of outside festivals, a lot of um, county events and state events, which is awesome. But you get a big mix across the board of different people that are going to want to listen to what you're doing. We know our market. Our market is not 22-year-olds. Our market's not to frat houses. Our market's not necessarily to 
casinos that need a larger band, that need a younger band, they need a younger, youthful look in the front. Nothing wrong with it. Hey, listen, we've been doing a long time. We're old guys. It's You pass the generation on. You want these um, musicians that are that age, that have that much ability to rise and shine, because we were able to do that at one point in time. We had our time. They have their time now. But they are marketing to a completely different audience or fan base or customer base or client base than we are. So I wanted to give you kind of a, uh, a breakdown from a personal perspective. We know who we're marketing to. If we happen to go into a room and we do good with 20-something-year-old kids, I call them kids because they're kids to me, um, then awesome. But it's not what we expect. It's what we get shocked by. And it's what kind of you know throws us back a little bit and is awesome because it makes us feel a little bit younger. Um, but but it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. We know who our market is just like they know who their market is. If they want to play casinos and large festivals, you're going to be a different band. If you're going to be a wedding band, we're not a wedding band. Could we play a wedding? Probably. One of our followers, fans, whatever you want to call them, hires us because they want us to play their wedding. Great, but we're not a wedding band. Uh, my friend's band is a full-on wedding band. In fact, they, they do that, and that's what they do. They learn their repertoire you know, to what the client needs, and they do it, and they charge for that. And it's a big fee to get a wedding band. A top-level wedding band can cost you $10,000. A, a good wedding band can co- will cost you five. I mean, they're not inexp- inexpensive, but they're doing a lot, and it's a whole-day event. And it's a big process, and it requires a lot. That's their market. And they do it better than anybody because they play the songs exact. Their show is tight. Their musicianship is tight. Their product is tight. It's on point. When we do our shows, our product is tight and on point for our market. You understand? So adapt these philosophies that 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 um, can help you grow your business. Realize that talent will only get you so far. And you've probably heard that saying, and it's the truth to it. Talent only gets so far, okay? Today, you have to have a multitude of things for different people. They're not going to market a rapper to heavy metal fans. It doesn't mean they're not going to like it, but it's not where you're going to market to. So think about the music business. Watch some of the music stuff. Even if you can't stand the music today, you don't like it, whatever that happens to be. Me, I listen to everything. I, I think all music is pretty much good. I listen to hip-hop. I'll listen to heavy metal. I'll listen to jazz. I listen to everything because I like being influenced by everything as much as I possibly can. It keeps your mind open. It keeps your mind sharp. But think about how that applies to your business. Think about how these lessons and the music business industry and how fickle, cutthroat, and changing, quick changing it is, helps you grow your business. Think about the things that challenge your business. And when you see the innovation and change in the music business, realize that some of those principles that you see, some of those tenants that you see in that apply to you. It applies to the growth of your business. It applies to your ability to change applies your ability to not have to worry about one particular thing, keeping your mind open. Don't have blinders on your eyes. You can't have blinders on your eyes in the music business because tomorrow they'll like 70s disco. You don't know. Well, that's the music. That's business. Buying trends change. Eating trends change. Every day. Upheaval is a norm when it comes to business. Upheaval is a norm when it comes to the music business. And upheaval is a norm when it comes to your business. How you adapt to that and how you learn from other things like the music business and what you can bring in from that will help you adapt and grow. 
You see that business change a lot, your business will change a lot. Do not be complacent that you've been doing the same damn thing for 30 years and that's good enough because our customers are loyal. Let me tell you something. They're going away. The attrition rate is, is happening. They are, God forbid, passing away. They're moving on. They're moving to other parts of the country. Their kids are not the same way. They have different type of flooring. Don't assume you're protected because your business has been doing for 30 years. You could be out of business on year 31. Trust me, it happens on a daily basis. So don't be a victim of it. Open your eyes. Listen and be influenced by other things, just like listening to different styles of music. I listen to jazz because I get influenced with jazz. I happen to really like jazz. I happen to really like rock and roll. I like hard rock. I like hip-hop. But I've dedicated my life to being open-minded, to be a great musician, to be a great listener and student, because that's what we all really are. To be a great student, you have to have your mind open. You're not going to learn if you close your mind. And you say, I don't like that. So I don't like rap. I don't like one rapper. I don't like any rappers. Then you're being closed-minded. And frankly, you're being stupid. So don't treat your business with blinders. Realize things change. Keep up with them. Adapt them. Learn about them. And see how you can incorporate these ideas that you learn from things like the music industry into your business. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me on a brand new episode of the Service Without Excuses podcast. Tonight, we talked about how my 30 years back in the music business adapts to how a business is today, how it's more competitive than ever, and there are more things and more variety than ever on the planet. And with variety comes options, and with options becomes um, an open playing field for the consumer to buy and purchase your services. So make sure you're aware of it. Make sure you stay on top of it. You learn grow and thrive guys we'll see you soon thank you so much for joining me on a brand new episode of the service without excuses podcast